1 Corinthians 15, 58. I, I want to read this one verse if you'd like to. Uh, let's just read it out loud together. and Maybe if you quote it, it's good to memorize the Word of God. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. I don't want to be a, a sinning against the Lord. And so it's just good to memorize Scripture. This verse I'm going to use as a springboard for where I'm going tonight. After we look in 1 Corinthians 15, we're going to look in Luke's Gospel, chapter 9. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. If you'd like to, let's just say it out loud together. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Amen. I want to use that word steadfast tonight. And I think that as a believer in Jesus Christ, we ought to want to be the best that we can be for the glory of God. And there's a lot of applications that this verse can be used to overlay portions of your life. And I think that what we're going to look at in Luke's Gospel, chapter 9, will help us to understand where I'm going. So turn there, if you will, with me, Luke's Gospel, chapter 9. I told my wife this afternoon, as Lord helped me prepare for this message and just burdened my heart with this, I told her a lot of times I like to give my message a title, but I couldn't think of a title for this one. So I was just going to call it Ponder Before You Wonder, Part 3. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I think we just heard Part 3, so I'm going to call mine Part 4. Amen. Ponder Before You Wonder. Amen. Luke's Gospel, Chapter 9. It's a familiar, it's a familiar part of the story that we've heard. But most of the time, at least for me, most of the time when I hear this or I quote this, uh, we use one of the other gospels' um, perspectives. And so wh what I'm reading is out of the King James Bible, but you've heard it in other gospels with different words in it, but it's, it's still the right thing. But I want to use this particular passage. It's where the Lord has, has led me for tonight. Luke's Gospel, chapter 9, verse number 23. Verse number 23. And he said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take his cross daily and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever loses his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? We heard a little bit about that already. For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and of my words. Of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he shall come in his own glory and in his Father's and of the holy angels. I want to say before I preach the message the Lord has laid on my heart, I think I'll begin and end at the same place, verse 26. I just want to remind us that Jesus is coming. Amen. Jesus is coming and he will soon, and I believe very soon, be revealed as King of Kings, gloriously revealed as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And the Bible tells us what he tells us in this passage, what we just heard preached, every bit of it is in light of the fact that Jesus is coming. And if we would live our lives focused on the fact that Jesus is coming and what that means for me, what that means for my family, we'll not be so quickly entangled in, in the things of this world. 
will not be so eager to run after temporary things. In fact, the gains of this life, the, the losses of this life, the successes of this life, the failures of this life, whether you, whether you win or whether you lose, whether you get the argument to your side or not, whether you uh, get that big break in life, whether you get that job, all of those things one day are not going to matter as we stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Whether you got to pick or you had to let somebody else pick. Whether you got to be first in line or whether you was at the end of the line. None of that's going to matter. We're going to the judgment seat of Christ. And he says in light of this passage of scripture, he closes out the thought and reminds us that Jesus is coming. Nothing else is going to matter on that day save the glory of the Son of God. Amen. It would behoove us to perhaps reconsider some of our temporal priorities as we hasten towards the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now in this text, in, in Luke chapter 9, if you'll, if you'll look back, you'll see just in the previous verses, previously, Peter made his iconic profession of faith in Jesus Christ. He said, you, he said, you are the Christ, in verse 20, the Christ of God. Who do men say that I am? Who do you say that? He, Peter made that profession of his faith. And what a great testimony Peter had in that passage of Scripture. And then the following verses, in verse number 27, we have the great story, and it's a true story, where Jesus takes Peter, James, and John and goes up on the mount, what we call the Mount of Transfiguration, and he appears before them in that glorious state. Peter says, Jesus, you are everything. My, my profession of faith, my testimony of salvation, if you will. And then one of these days we are going to be seeing Him in His glory. But what happens between there and there is of great importance. What happened between your repentance and your moment of salvation and that day that you see Him as He is, is vitally important. And so I'd like to apply this passage between your profession of faith and the time that we see Christ in this span of time that we call life. How steadfast are you as a follower of Jesus Christ? I want to be a steadfast follower of Christ. Nobody gets saved and just suddenly thinks, I'm going to be the worst Christian that ever lived. I'm going to cut every corner. I'm going to do it all wrong. I'm going to really be a flop. No, we got up so thankful. We wanted to live for Him. We, wa we wanted to please Him. We want Him to get the glory out of our life. And nobody standing here in this place at the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior will say, Ha ha! I'll let you down. No. No, we will, we will be grieved at everything that we have not done for Him. And we will be grieved at what we did that was for ourselves. We, will be so, we don't want it to wind up like that. From this beginning and at this end, we have two ends of the spectrum of our spiritual life and we want it to turn out right. 
But what happens between the two is going to determine that reality. Are you a steadfast follower of the Lord Jesus Christ? Every child of God wants Jesus to get glory out of their life. But before, before your verbal profession of faith, before, excuse me, before the glorious revelation, after your profession of faith, before the glorious revelation, this space of time that we live in. I want my life to reflect upon what he did for me and bring him glory as a steadfast follower. Let me just say, and I, we've already heard this. I, I, feel like, I feel like maybe somehow or another um, everybody gets each other's notes and we look at them before them. But we don't. We don't. I, I've never been privy to what another preacher was going to preach. But I have learned that with Christ, it's all or nothing. He's not satisfied with lukewarm in the book of Revelation. He was not satisfied with half-hearted sincerity in his disciples. And he's certainly not going to be giving you and me a pass for some kind of lukewarm, half-hearted, less than steadfast walk with God. Amen. And by the way, that measure, that standard of all or nothing, he set it for you and me, but he gave us the example by doing that himself. Amen. He didn't give us a half-hearted, dedicated gospel. He didn't give us a half of a trip up Calvary. He didn't give us half of a sacrifice. It was everything. He gave it all, amen, for the glory of God. So look with me, please. I'll be as quick as I can. Looking in verse number 23, I'm just going to read these two verses, little bits at a time, and as soon as we get through with them, we're done, all right? Verse 23, 24, and 25, and 26, and maybe the rest of the Bible too. I don't know. Verse 23, notice this. Don't read it too fast. And he said to them all. The the, the Lord doesn't pick and choose who he wants to be steadfast. He wants all of us. There's nobody in this building that that has an inroad or some kind of an extra salvation that you didn't get to have. If you're saved tonight, God's speaking to all of us. If you're a child, if you're a teenager, if you're a mother, if you're a preacher, it doesn't matter who you are. He said to them all, notice what he said, every Christian, all of them, every Christian has a biblical obligation to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And by the way, I thought about this. You can't say, truthfully say, I am obeying the Lord. I can't claim obedience if I'm not obeying. Amen. I cannot honestly claim obedience if I'm not obeying. It's very important that we not just be Christians at church. It's very important that we set the standard and that we live according to the standard that God has set in our life and we come together in the house of God, we worship and testify together, but then we go away and we still remain steadfast even outside of these four walls. Christ's command is simple. In verse number 23, he said to them all, here's his simple command. He said, if any man will come after me, if any man will come after me, I want every one of you, Jesus is speaking, he wants every one of us to come after him. So how do we do that? Well, I'm glad you asked. He said, 
Let him deny himself. If you are sincere and you are intent on following the Lord Jesus Christ, if you want to be a steadfast follower of Jesus Christ, it's not maybe what you think it is. It's not maybe what is popular for it to be, but it's exactly what he said. He said you, you got saved, you've made a confession of faith, and one day you're going to stand at the glorious appearing of Jesus Christ. You're going to the judgment seat, but in this between time, he said, I want you to understand that you who claim to be following after Jesus Christ need to pattern your life after him. Follow him. Follow him. Follow. Where he put his foot, you put your foot. When he takes a step, you take another step. You, you don't come around beside of him. That's not following. Certainly don't get ahead of him. But if I'm going to be a steadfast follower from my salvation to I get to heaven, if in this period of time of my life I want to be a steadfast follower, then the first thing you're going to have to do is deny yourself. Deny yourself. You're going to have to look in the mirror, if that's what it takes, and say, Bub, or whatever your name is, It's not about you. It's not about what you want. It's not about what you like. It's not about what makes you feel good. It's not about what makes you happy. We're talking about denying yourself. This is saying no to the flesh. This is saying it's not about what I desire. It's not about what will fulfill me. It's not about what's going to make me successful or make me feel like or want to have or satisfy. It's not about any of that. If I'm going to be a faithful, steadfast follower of Jesus Christ, I must first learn to deny myself. Amen. Then it don't matter. It don't matter if they smite you on the one cheek, you can turn the other also. You know why? Because it don't matter how bad that burns. It don't matter if I win. Boy, I'm going to tell you what, outside of this, outside of salvation and the glorious appearing and outside of that, if it's just me, it matters. You hit me and it's, it's not good. You, 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 you understand what I'm saying? You offend me, that's not good. You upset me, that's not good. You make me mad, that's not good. You, you cause me some grief, that's not good. But inside this relationship that I have with Christ, guess what? We just let it go. You say, don't that bother you? It bothers the me part of me, but the me part of me don't get a vote. Is that right? The, the me part of me, don't, he don't have any say. Sir, the chairman has not acknowledged you. Amen. You don't get to speak in this relationship. Deny yourself. Deny yourself. Christ just simply said, follow me. How do I do that? He said, let him deny himself. I don't have to be noticed because I'm not the one of any value. Well, I tell you what, our pride and our position, these things cause, it it tries to rise up within us. It's the me that's down inside of me wants to be seen, wants to be heard, wants to be right, wants to be recognized, all of it. But when we deny, denied, denied, your petition is denied, denied. We're not going to notice you. You get denied. I'm not the one to be esteemed. I'm not the one that has any value. I'm not the one that's important. 
The life, he just quoted it. The life which I, woohoo, I get to be involved. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. It's not me. It's not, Christ, it's not me, but it's Christ. Yet not I, but Christ. How many times have we heard it? But we read it so fast that we think, boy, this is going to make me look good. I'm going to be a great, shining Christian. Everybody's going to notice me. I'll get to sign every Bible before it's over with. Deny yourself. It's not about whether I get called on. It's not about whether I get to be recognized. It's not whether I win. He said, if you want to follow me, you're going to have to learn to deny yourself. He said, boy, that don't make sense. It don't in a world that's backwards. But it does when you get over here. At the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior. And all the things are passed through the fire of His judgment. And it comes out gold, silver, precious stone. And the wood, hay, and stubble is minimal. Boy, that will be good then, won't it? Amen. Deny Himself. Not only that, He said, let Him deny Himself and take up His cross daily. I wrote down three thoughts about this. Remembering, realizing, and reducing. If I'm going to take up my cross, I'm going to take this. I'm going to have to remember the bigger picture is eternity with Christ. On my last birthday, I turned 50 years old. Now, that's old to some people. That's young to some people. But 50 years old. If I lived to be 150, which is not going to happen, I'm sure. If I live to be 150, can I mark this down? I don't care how old you are. You're going to be dead a lot longer than you've been alive. Amen. If you ever went to the graveyard of somebody real famous, I mean, their name's George Washington, famous, famous American, find his gravestone, said he was born and he died, and he's been dead longer than he's been alive. He's been dead longer than he was alive already. You're going to be dead longer than you've been alive And if you and I would recognize it, remember that the bigger picture is not how wonderful it feels and how great it is right now. It's about over there. When we get over there. Over there is what matters. This this is the the, the dress rehearsal. That's real. This is preparation. That is reality. Amen, that's right. And we're already seated together in heavenly place. We're already, that's the real. We are, we are living it out here for a few short, meager days. But he said, I want you to take up your cross. Remember, remember the bigger picture is eternity. Remember the bigger picture is the judgment seat of Christ. Secondly, realize, realize. What am I to realize? I'm going to honestly assess my current behavior and my choices. Aren't you glad we have a God who lets us... He he, he didn't just make us, all right, like a robot, just click and there we go. No, we are making choices every day. And daily, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily. You know what you did or did not do today? You either did take up your cross and you either did live with eternity in view or you let the weak and beggarly elements of this world snag and hang on to you whether it was wickedness or sin, frivolity, flesh or just foolishness or your own selfishness whatever it is that occupied your mind today has either been for eternal value or foolish temporary value. Amen, that's right. 
Amen. So we need, we need to realize some things. As I honestly assess, do I real, am, I real, am I living now like I'm going to be glad I did when I get over there? Is this really that important when I get over there? Amen. Reducing. Remembering, realizing, reducing. As I'm taking up my cross daily, there's going to be a reduction. John the Baptist put it this way. He said, he must increase and I must decrease. Now, if you think about how he said that, what he said, it's not just a one-time thing. I want him to increase and I want him to keep increasing out of my life. I want Jesus to shine today. I want him to shine brighter tomorrow out of my life. And I take up my cross daily. I'm going to decrease and tomorrow decrease even more. And the next day decrease even more. I'd like to think, wouldn't you like to think that you could get to the place every day that you decrease completely out of his way. Amen. I prayed often as I prepare to preach and I say the same tonight. Lord, get me out of your way. Get me out of your way. Take up his cross daily. And then he said, and follow me. And he said unto them all, follow me. But he told us how to do it. He said, oh, preacher, I'm following the Lord. Well, are you denying yourself? Are you taking up your cross daily? Are you what's important? The testimony around you the people that are watching your life by their fruit, they will know you. Are you living a life of self-denial? And follow me. You are not following him if you have not obeyed that previous verse. If you have not denied yourself and taken up your cross, you are not following him. You may sing in this great choir. You may teach a great Sunday school class. You may amen louder than anybody in the building. You may know more Bible verses than anybody else. But if you are not denying yourself, getting you out of the way, living in light of eternity and the things that will matter then is what matters now. If you're not doing that, then you are not following him according to his definition. Say, preacher, I just dispute that. I'm following Jesus. You're following according to your definition, but not according to his definition. Amen. Follow means to get behind him. Proverbs 3, 6 says, And he shall direct thy path. He is the director. He's the one that says, No more of that. He's the one that says, Stop. He's the one that says, It's time to take a turn. He's the one that says, We're going to start doing it this way, and we're going to do it this way from now on. He shall direct thy path. So if you're going to follow him, you're going to have to get behind. Follow. He said, he said unto them all, if any man will come after me, to come after keeps Jesus first. Remember when you was in school, we lined up, everybody get in the line, and every kid wanted to be the line leader. Want to be the line leader. All kinds of reasons. One, the, the water fountain water was cold for the line leader. If you was at the end of the line, you got that lukewarm water. It was left. It was trying to fill it back up and it couldn't cool, cool it off in time. But you also got to wear that sticker or that button. Line leader. Hey, man, we get in line, excuse me. But you're the littlest, don't matter. Line leader. Got the badge. Boy, the big kids, boy, they'd pout and get mad. And boy, they couldn't do nothing because the teacher, Miss Flowers, she was watching. And little, I get in line. I'm the line leader. See this? Line leader. 
rest of you lumps have got to follow me. Amen. Line leader, if I go this way, guess where they got to go? Follow me. You know why? Line leader. That's right. Amen. We did learn something, didn't we, in school? You know what he said? He said, if you're going to follow me, you're going to have to come after me. You're going to have to come after me. He's, in the, li- he's the line leader. He's first. What he desires is what happens. What he wants is what... If he turn, we turn. If he goes, we go. He is the top and only priority. Amen. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a robot. I still have feelings. Sometimes I don't want to. I'll be honest with you. I still have an opinion. Sometimes I'd like to exert myself. Sometimes I'd like to give them a piece of my mind. Sometimes I'd like to have a voice in this conversation. But you know what? It's not a conversation. It's a one-way monologue. He said, follow me. He didn't say, would you like to follow me? Or would you like to do something else? You get a vote. No, you don't get a vote. He said, it's either obey or disobey. Follow, come after him. My feelings, my opinions. Now, before you got saved, maybe you had a a valid opinion. You could just do whatever you wanted to do, but you was going to hell. But he saved me. I had a profession of faith. You are the Christ of God. And he saved my soul. And he put me on track to stand before him at the judgment seat. My opinions, my feelings, my desires, none of those things are any more a part of the equation if I'm going to follow him. Amen. He didn't make me. He didn't make me. I follow him by choice. But it's a good choice. Because whether you follow him or whether you don't follow him, we must all appear. You're going to end up over here. You're going to end up here. And just like we just heard, things done in your body, all that, it's going to matter, really matter right here. You better let it matter right here. Amen. This is not this life that I now live in the flesh. It's not about me being happy. Now, I am happy. I am happy, but it's not about me being happy. If it was about me being happy, then I would never be sad or emotionally sad about the things that happened in my life because I'm just going to make it all happen good for me. But it's not about that, is it? It's about Him. It's about what He wants. I've got children. Thank God i got a grandchild. Wouldn't it be wonderful if you could just have your children and your grandchildren just all right within hug and reach? You know, that's just my personality. Some of y'all are like, oh, no, I just tell them, take, get all your junk out of the house and just go somewhere else. Not me. I want a, I want a big old hug, all of them. Amen? I want all of them right there. But you know what? Life's not like that, is it? Right. That would make me happy. But God's will is not a, always about trying to make you If it was about you, then you'd be the Lord. But he's the Lord. And it doesn't matter, my, my goals in life, what I want to do, money, marriage, material, thing, it's not about me, it's about Him. Look at verse 24. We, I'm trying to hurry, preacher. We, we attempt to make it look like that we're doing all this. We got saved, look at this in between. Heading to the judgment seat. But if we're not careful, we'll try to do it where it looks like we're doing right with a few little exceptions that won't be noticed. He said, by the way, verse 24, whosoever will save his life shall lose it. 
As I said, it all comes down to the judgment seat of Christ. If you're playing games between getting saved and going to heaven, if you're playing games, you're not going to get to heaven and he say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have tricked me. You did it your way. You get all these crowns, you get all this rejoicing, you get all this. Man, you are a great con Christian. It's not going to happen. He knows, he knows everything about everything. Which means, while you and I are over here looking good to everybody around us, he said, I'm pondering your heart. See, the Christian life is a great life. But for somebody fleshly minded, it is very hard. It's very hard. <sighs> got to read my Bible every day. Got to read it every day. That's so hard. If you're fleshly minded, it's very hard to read. It's very hard to pray. It's very hard to live separated. Oh, I can't do this. Can't do that. Can't listen to nothing. If it's fun, can't do it. But that's because it's about me. That's because I want me to be happy. That's because I'm not denying myself. I said I denied myself. We've already covered all that. Deny yourself. Take up your cross. He said, yeah, but wait. Let's just make sure you really are. He said, because if you're saving your life, you lose. You lose. It's kind of like Ananias and Sapphira. We gave it all, but we saved a little. Peter didn't know except the Holy Ghost told him. You didn't give it all. You set back. You saved a little. You lose. I'm going to the judgment seat. I'm, I'm denying myself. I take up my cross. Look how miserable I am. I must be a great Christian. You lose. You lose. It all comes down to the judgment seat. It's, it's a serious thought. It's a sobering thought. It's no second chances. You ever think about that? I'm 50 years old. I don't get to be 30 again. I, I don't get to be that again. I don't get to be 21 again. And I certainly don't get to relive it again when I stand before him. And the books were open. Look down through the book. I don't know how it's all going to be, but my name is in that book. And when he reads my name out of that book, that might be how he calls me up to get judged. And when I stand there and the thing's done in my body, I don't want to hear what I very, could very well hear. I want to hear well done. I want, I want to hear all the things because there's no second chance. You don't get to say, okay, look, look, look. Let me, let me coach you here a little bit. You wasted about 12 years right here. So I'm going to put you at the back of the line and you get 12 years, you can fix all it. It don't work like that. When you're at the judgment seat of Christ, you will receive the things done in your body. Amen. There is no going back. He said, whosoever saves his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life, if you make him the priority and you are decreasing and continue to decrease, if you lose your life for my sake, he said, the same shall save it. So my question is, who are you living for? If you remember that there are specific moments and specific choices that we're making on a daily basis, you're going to give an account for that. 
You're going to give an account for that. I wonder what happened today. We look back over today. We're going to give an account for that. Realizing that this temporary life of pain, we, we buried a man Monday. Before we came up here, preacher, I told you we had to go to a funeral. Buried a man Monday. He was 71 or so years of age. And for 50 years, he was a, in his 20s, his early 20s, 1973, had an automobile wreck, paralyzed him from the neck down. For over 50 years, he lived in that condition. Sad, pain, just miserable. His, his, his little body was just contorted through, through life and, and functioning, trying to survive. He, 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 he was just a, just a pain-filled man. And, that, and your life may have some pain in it. But it's not about me. If I, if I live a life of pain, if I live a life of, of, of disappointment, if we experience things, we say, God, why would you do that? But this, is part of the, this is part of the between here and there that he has sectioned off for us and we're living it for his glory. If you lose your life and you do it for his sake, whether it's pain or whether it's ple- whatever it might be, it's all temporary. And if I can minimize me, and I can minimize my need, and minimize my expectations, say, God, I'm living for you. He increases. I'm not going to be a sad man when I step over there. Verse 25 says, For what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world and lose himself? Now, I know we're more familiar with another verse. What shall the profit a man if he gain the whole world lose his own soul? And we preach that salvation, salvation. But what, isn't this great that God gave us this application? As a Christian, this is somebody who's already made a confession, a profession of faith. This is a guy that's going to the glorious appearing. And he said, what are you advantaged if you did everything you wanted to do in your Christian life? You did it all your way. You had, you, you, you had everybody and everything. It happened the way you wanted to be. What, what are you advantaged if you gain the whole world? And then you lose yourself. You get there. He said, you lost. The race, he read the verse about the race. I'm telling you, I didn't look at his notes. He didn't look at mine. You run the race that's set before you. And you get there. He says, you're here. You're saved. You're going to be in heaven. But you lost. You lost. The Bible says we'll suffer loss at the judgment seat of Christ. Isn't it amazing how that Bible just fits together? sure is. Or be cast away. You lived your whole life, and at that moment, he said, you lost. You lost your identity. You lost your testimony. You lost all the rewards you could have had. You didn't lose your salvation. We we know that. But you lost everything else. You built built a great testimony for God, and then you just dwindled it all away. Guess what? You lose. You lose. Lose himself or be cast away. There's no hope for recovery after that. You don't lose all your rewards and he says, okay, we got a, we got a, a you know, secondary level of heaven that you can go to and you can earn it all back. No, we lose. Verse 26, For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and my words... I don't think we have so much trouble in our churches today of being ashamed of Jesus. Well, we love Jesus. We talk about, we sing about Jesus. 
But it's sometimes it's words like this, words like we've heard preached already this week. Those are the ones we have a hard time with. Man, I like when that Bible says rejoice evermore. What about pray without ceasing? That's the very next verse. We like the ones that says, you know, shout, clap, and all the rest. And I'm all for that. But what is it going to matter if I've lived all that for me? Jesus is the very reason you're here. You made a profession of faith. He is the Christ of God. He is your Lord and Savior. His word between here and there is our only rule and our only guide. My question is how, if that's the case, if you're saved and the Bible is real and it's your guide for life, then why are we living dedicated to something else? I'm, I'm, I'm done. Scripture says, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed. Can I remind you that you, sir, ma'am, you have not seen the end of the story yet. You, you, may be, you may be just got everybody fooled. Or you may be flexing your spiritual muscles, letting everybody know how wonderfully spiritual you are between your profession and when you get... But you ain't got there yet. You have not yet seen the end of the story. I challenge you tonight to make up your mind. If you're not saved... I challenge you to get saved. Say yes to Jesus. If you're saved, you got saved by confessing, receiving Christ as your Lord and Savior, realizing that you are going to a judgment, and on that ju- that the judgment seat of Christ, Jesus is coming. We're going to see Him in a glorified body. We're going to be faced with our life. Amen. Amen. We haven't seen the end of the story, but it's a coming. It's coming. What's it going to matter then? What's it going to matter then? Because I say it, I'm done. What matters then better matter now. If it'll matter now, then you'll stand before him without as many regrets. Can we bow our heads together? Jesus has the divine, because he is divine, he has the divine ability to see right through my pretense. He sees right through the plastic facade that I've painted for all of you to see. What you've painted for all of us to see, Jesus can see through it. We may have convinced each other, but that's not the end of the story. One day we're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ... And if you have lived your life supposedly for Jesus, but you've been trying to save it for yourself, you lose. But if you have given your life, I surrender all. If you have given your life for Jesus Christ, He said you saved it. You lose your life for my you, you saved it. You saved that little blip of temporary life. And you're going to enjoy the presence and pleasures of heaven for all of eternity. Let's stand together. Some have already come to the altar. Maybe you should come. He said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself 
and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? I'm asking the Lord to help us all tonight. That you and I would be a steadfast follower of Jesus Christ. Not according to my expectations or this church's expectations, though those are all good, I'm sure. But according to His expectations. Pastor, you come. Thank you.